Hey, this is Michael Hutchinson, and you're listening to the Front Row Podcast. You're listening to episode 29 of the Front Row Podcast with Don Ross. I'm here with Cameron Hughes, who's a sports entertainer, speaker, and a TV host and author. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's fire it up. And um, how did you get into sharing or and stuff like that? Well, yeah, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> it's a long story, but uh, I was at an Ottawa game. Senators were playing. Nobody was cheering. They're playing the Jets, the mighty Jets at night. And it was back in the day when there was no big frills, no big jumbotrons. And I got up and I started to dance and go crazy. And the crowd loved it. And uh, I've been acting crazy, going nuts at stadiums since then, you know. Just wanted to have some fun, get the crowd going. Yes, uh, I remember seeing you for the first time against the Jets face wild in 2013 in Minnesota. Okay, you were there, yeah? Yeah, I was like... <laughs> And so I was like, and they he got up and like danced and everything, and then yeah. and then he, I saw you again on a moose game that yeah. we were at, and I was like, this guy <laughs> looks familiar. It's like, and then me and my brothers were talking. It's like, oh, this guy's we saw him down in Minnesota. You're like, wait a minute, that's his twin, right? <laughs> yeah, like then uh, then I kind of I remember that game. It was the, one of the first games I think I did in Minnesota against the Jets, and you guys there was at least like. There was a couple thousand fans there, at least, right? Yeah, that was like October of 2013. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first game I ever did. And they brought me in because they knew it was going to be a game against the Jets. So, yeah. yeah, I'd always wanted to do a Jets game. And I did the game last year. I think it was like minus 200 out. And uh, it was part of the uh, Project 11 uh, Foundation. So, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so I was like, like, like yeah, we talked well, it like, and then... Uh, and you have a book out right now? Yeah, I have a book out. It's called King of Cheer. It's a book based on all my whole career, performing at events around the world and getting fans fired up and the highs and lows of life on the road, you know? Yeah, so uh, I, said he, I see where you did a tennis match. Yeah. Yeah, I did a tennis match. I uh, did the U.S. Open for eight years in a row. Got the crowd going there, so that was fun. People didn't know what to expect, but... Uh, because usually it's pretty quiet, right, at a tennis game? Yeah, and uh, and then you did the 2010 Olympics too? Yeah, that was awesome. That was uh, Vancouver, you know, pretty cool, being Canadian kid, being able to perform in Vancouver. That was a really big thrill, you know? And I was there at the gold medal game, remember? You remember yeah. where you were? <laughs> well, I was at home. Well, no, I was at work. when. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I was at work when they scored, uh, Crosby scored that goal. Oh, beauty. Yeah, I was right behind the net. I ran to shower. Right after he scores, they celebrate. I run down, shower, clean up, and go up and party with my friends, have some beers. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was at work when the, uh, when the game was on. Like, uh, and they had it on. Yeah. We, they put it on the TV for us. So we got, like, we, I go, it's like in and out when, like, the only time I can watch it when I was on break or, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it so happened when they scored when I was on break. So. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. and uh, so, yeah, I just you only did like North America so far, right? No, I've been to Europe. I performed in hockey games in Belfast, in Cardiff, uh, rugby, and uh, 
rugby in England, uh, rugby in Singapore, cricket in Barbados. So yeah, I've been all over, man. It's been crazy. Yeah, so I was like, um, you get the t-shirts made up for you like when you come, right? Yeah, I get different t-shirts. I throw out the t-shirts to get the crowd going. You know, everyone loves a free t-shirt, right? Yeah. Were you at the first Moose game that I ever did? Uh, I uh, saw you. Maybe, right? Uh, when they came back in 2015-16. Yeah, I think that was the first game I did, and then they posted it on Facebook. It got 3 million views. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and the Moose were like, should we hire this guy? And then afterwards, they had 3 million views. They're like, okay, that was that was probably paid off, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's time we remember that game. It was like, they uh, zoomed on you. He's like, we kind of like, oh, this guy kind of looks familiar. He's like, then, uh, then we it clicked in that we saw you down in Minnesota. So I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I was like, saw you twice through your career. There you go. I love it. And uh, so for your book, it's like, um, you can get digital and the hard co- copy too, right? Yeah, there's a there's a hard copy, there's a digital copy, and you know there's a website. You can go to my website, and you can see all a lot of the videos that you know have been part of my story and sort of the the crazy journey and the fun of you know going to different events. So yeah, it's been it's, it was a fun thing to put together and fun thing to share with people. As uh, do you have any go to uh, moves when you get up and go? <laughs> uh, my go to moves are act like an idiot, dance as fast as possible, don't fall down the stairs. <laughs> Throw T-shirts, smile, get everyone fired up, and give them energy. You know. Yeah. So, um, I see you have a Brandon Weekings jersey. Oh yeah. And I, I got them all. Yeah. So they give you a jersey from every game you go to. Not every game, but I've got a lot of them. I mean, I've got uh, you know up there. You see uh, Lafayette Ice Gators. I got Cardiff. I got Halifax, Killer Bees, Pats, Wild Oilers, Vegas. Yes. Done a lot of games in Vegas, 50 games there over the years. Yes, uh, I know a guy who's from Wales, and he have a jersey yep. from his hometown. That yeah, Devil's Cardiff, Wales there. there. Yeah. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You probably have, like, like, at least 100 different jerseys. I have over 100 jerseys, yeah. <laughs> I have 100 jerseys at least from all the teams. Um, you know, they all represent, like, a story for me, right, of yeah. where I've been and, you know, what I love doing and – you know, meeting people and getting the crowd going. So, right. yeah, it's pretty lucky. Wait, it looks like you have a Nick Ehlers jersey on your Jets. Or yeah, how'd you know? By the number. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Or do is you... it lucky? Is it a lucky jersey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. All uh... Jets jerseys are lucky. I got to dance with Gabe, uh, dancing Gabe at the Jets game. Yeah. He's a legend around Winnipeg. He's a legend, yeah. We had a good time. Do you, uh, you have anything about, more about your book? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, my book's, uh, you know, there's a lot of great stories. There's a lot of fun in it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, I got it right here. You know, it's all about showing up at different events. And, you know, it's not just the stories. It's how you get into the arena, you know, how you end up getting hired. Um, some of the minor league games I've been to, um, you know, opened up here. Mooseheads did a game there, did a funny kiss cam. Colorado Eagles, I almost got killed because I hit a fan in the head with the, my T-shirt. Um, <laughs> Alexander Warthogs, I did a game there. And I made sure I, after the game I went right to the money mart to cash the check. And the team folded a couple weeks later. Austin, I did a game. I landed and didn't have my luggage. So the team owner gave me his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, 
Yeah. So yeah, lots of different stories, you know, lots of different stories. Uh, South Carolina, ECHL, 10,000 people. I fell, miss, missed my landing. Couldn't get up. The fans thought it was part of the show, but unfortunately it wasn't, <laughs> you know, I got even, I even have a Red Deer Rebels jersey. There you go. Yeah. You guys have four hockey teams now in Manitoba. Yes. We have yeah. we have the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, the Winnipeg Ice, and the Brandon Wheat Kings. Yeah. From like uh, WHL, AHL, and... Yeah, you got everything there, yeah. yeah and then we have like... And, the, and, they love your, you guys love your hockey there. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, it's pretty cool. We have cool. like different... Uh, minor league, like the Winnipeg Blues, who are in the like junior, like below the WHL, and like yeah, way. yeah. It's like there's no sort of of hockey in Manitoba. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Brandon is like two and a half hours away from us, and yeah, done that, done a bunch of games there. Had some fun there. Yeah, I've been to a they few love... games too in Brandon. So yeah, they like their hockey. Oh yeah, they like their Wheaties, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, they came out with. Uh, two new jerseys for Brandon. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I saw that actually today. Yes. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, I like. I, uh, I hope to do a Canadian tour. I want to do a tour across Canada, go to all the arenas, and I've been to over the years. You know. Yeah. Do a book promotion. So that'd you, be good. Yeah, you already did the Bell Ante place and the Westman place. So you just have to do the Winnipeg Ice Arena. There we go. I got to <laughs> do every arena in Canada before I retire. Yeah. Hopefully I see you one more time before. One more time before I retire? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Not that old. Come on. <laughs> As you know, you're only 29. you got a few more years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, man. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming on. All right. Well, thanks for having me, bud. Yeah. appreciate you having me. And we'll uh, stay tuned for a Cross Canada tour, right? Yes. Uh, thanks, Donald. I appreciate it. And we'll see you. Uh, have a great Christmas. Best stocking stuffer ever. Yeah. It's I better see you with a picture of this. I will. All right, man. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, buddy. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you, bud. And Happy New okay. Year. Thanks. And I have Adam Huseman returning to the broadcast. Welcome back. Hey, Don. Glad to be back. I, uh, I'm really enjoying our chats right now, and I hope everyone else is enjoying them. So, uh, Good to be back and uh, talking to you again. Yeah, and uh, the WHO was to be starting January the 8th, but they pushed it back. Yeah, crazy. Hey, it's uh, one of those leagues that I think they need fans in the stands. Um, doesn't seem like that's a possibility with four different provincial governments and two states different states in the u.s and having to deal with all the restrictions and not all the restrictions but everyone's a different concept you know everyone's a different different government and different district uh restrictions and rules in place and it's just kind of seems impossible and you just i feel bad for these small market teams that uh you know they're probably hurting right now and they got to have fans in the building to play and obviously that's not possible with the covid 19 so I'm just wondering if have they somehow have a TV deal that can help that out, or yeah. When I was when I was playing in the dub, it was all online, right? So yeah. it was like your parents bought a subscription. 
I think it was 300 bucks for the year. You got all the games you wanted and, you know, 300 bucks. But I think it was mostly just parents probably zoom, zooming in, maybe some fans on a, away games and stuff. Maybe they're just buying the game passes because they were at the home games. And then maybe some scouts. And I guess that revenue just isn't enough to be sustainable for them to start the season. Yes, uh it's different for each level of hockey, right? So they, it's hard for the smaller market teams to get that revenue, right, without the fans. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, these these fans, they have sponsorships with businesses, but those businesses are struggling. The fans, have some of them have lost their jobs, so it's not like they have extra income right now. And just kind of everyone's squeezing their wallets a little tighter, and it's just these these smaller markets like you were saying need at least probably 50 to 30 percent of the building filled you know and that will probably make them break even some of these teams just break even but if you're at zero and you're just losing money it's just to start you know you're paying for these kids education you're paying for all the skates you're paying for all the sticks you're paying the refs you're paying everyone and you know, it's uh, when you're not bringing any fans, any revenue, even for a fifteen twenty dollar ticket, it's uh, it's challenging. It's just it's tough on these guys right now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's sad. I'm, to... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. It's sad. Uh, sad to see if like a small market team moves or folds because of this, right? Right. Like you know, you're thinking of Swift Current. You're thinking of Prince Albert. These types of teams, I don't know the small market America, uh, Quebec or Ontario teams, but you know, you look at the teams in Saskatchewan, the smaller bra- uh, markets, even Brandon, you know, they're smaller market compared to Portland or Seattle, and it's just it's just very challenging, and you just you feel bad for the teams, you feel bad for the kids, but you know, I'm I'm kind I'm glad I'm not making these decisions or in the in the meetings right now because it just kind of seems impossible like what do you do it just doesn't seem like there's any options any good options at least yeah so yeah it's difficult so uh, hopefully yeah, they yeah, can hope. somehow like stay on a float and like get ready for like this season and next season right so hopefully that's they- that's what i'm thinking too you know you got the vaccine coming out Diverse first vaccines in Canada today. Uh, that's great news. Um, and hopefully it just, hopefully they can survive the year. It doesn't seem like they're gonna, there's gonna be hockey this year in the dub. You know, you think of all these kids, the last year junior playing, all the 16 year olds that were supposed to play. How big is this for losing their development? It's just, it's, it's tough. And what kind of, what kind of, effects is this going to have in five or ten years for the level of playing the nhl or minor pro and all these kids in sweden and in europe a lot of the junior teams in finland are playing over there so they might be getting ahead right now and uh it's tough for the top end american and canadian prospects right yeah so i was like hopefully they can get in this season in play because like there's some players that are last year of their uh, year of eligibility, yeah. right? So like exactly. So hopefully they can play one more year, or I'm not sure if the WHL or CHL will. Okay, if they lose the season, hopefully they can grant them that one more year for next year, right? 
Yeah, yeah, because you know I was I was nineteen year old nineteen years old. I had a good season, and me and Brendan Shinneman, you know, Shinny went to a Arizona main, main camp. I didn't get invited to any camps as a nineteen year old, and then you know we're going into our last year of of eligibility in the dub as 20 year olds and shinny got an offer for an american league offer turned it down came back to tri-city for his 20 year old year i came back as well and we ripped it up and by the end of the year he signed a max deal in the nhl and i had a bunch of pro offers so that's if if that's that's a bunch of kids this year that would have happened to a bunch of kids undrafted or unsigned would have gone into their last year, absolutely ripped it up, and signed a big ticket or signed a mining league deal and continued playing pro for five or ten years. And that's, that's just not going to happen now. And it's those types of stories that that COVID's affecting. It's just affecting everyone. So you just you wonder if the CHL is going to make a make a exception for these kids or what they're going to do. But man, it's just it's a tough situation for everyone. And you just. You just don't wish this upon every anyone, and you just you hope the best yeah, so. for the en- the end of it. Yeah, so hopefully um, we can get the season start sooner than later. But because uh, I I like going to hockey, so it's like I'm kind of missing it right now with AHL, NHL, WHL. Like I like going. Oh, to for sure. <laughs> so. For sure. So. It's great. It's great to go watching mm-hmm. these kids and watching the American League, the Moose play, and all these guys just outside the NHL. And it's just, you know, you just hope it starts as soon as it can, as soon as it's safe to, as soon as they can protect the players and uh, make everyone safe and make sure they can get fans in the building. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering if they go going to start with no fans, then start – like at 10% and then 20 and then 30 and so forth, right? So, cause yeah, I so- guess it's going to have to do with the vaccine and how many. And I think the American League is starting a Canadian division or something, aren't they? Uh, I heard AHL has a, like, rumor had that uh, Canadian division with the Moose, Lavelle, uh, Toronto, and Belleville. So yeah. it's just the yeah. four Canadian teams. So it's like, that's the thing. Like, there's only four Canadian teams in the whole AHL. It's like, how I wonder how, how many game. Like, how would that work? It's just four teams. Well, are they are they just gonna play each other a hundred a hundred times each or what? As uh, I just, I'm because I think the most NHL, uh, AHL games is seventy six, is a, a normal season. So yeah. then I know the teams in the Pacific Division only play like seventy seventy two games. Well, I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. they they probably have to play a lower end game party. NHL is talking about fifty six games. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, but being pushed back to December, or January, you wonder how many games they're going to get in. Uh, I think AHL is talking about uh, f- beginning in February to start. Yeah. And the NHL. Yeah, and what are the what? And then NHL is saying the thirteenth, but. I'm not yeah. really. You think if they, you, you think if they started the 13, something would be announced by then. I'm sure there's a lot of things that go on behind the door, behind the behind the scenes and behind closed doors. But sooner or later, they got to make an announcement and get this official. They got to get all these players back in their cities, in their countries of wherever they're playing. 
You know, if they're an Amer- uh, Canadian team like Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews is training in California right now. He's got to get back to Toronto and quarantine for two weeks before he starts going. So he needs to get back to Toronto and spend Christmas in quarantine. And uh, they got to get on this sooner than later. It's just not, okay, the season's starting January 13th. There's some things that have to happen before that. Yes, I I hear about like players from overseas. I heard like they got told to come back, but that's I heard that a couple of days ago. But I haven't really heard anything else about that. So yeah, yeah, you just wonder. Yeah, I haven't heard much about it, and you just wonder what's going on. And you know, kit like families are going to start wanting to spend Christmas. So are they going to spend it in quarantine, or what are they going to do? And what are the different options? And it's just, there's a lot of moving parts to this, you know? Yeah, so, uh, right now I don't envy them right now, so, because there's nope. a lot of work yep. behind the scenes to, like, with the governments, right? So, like, there's seven teams, Canadian teams in the NHL right now with, like, I wonder if it's, they just travel through Canada or just do, like, one hub and that's it, or I don't know. Yeah, 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 you, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things to figure out. And the Canadian division, to be honest, Don, that seems like the easiest one to figure out. Seven Canadian teams all in one. Think of the states, you know, you got 20 teams, over 20 teams in the states playing all. And then you look at the divisions that were kind of leaked throughout. And one of the divisions, the Pacific Division, Colorado and Vegas are just going to absolutely run through that division. And then you look at the one, I don't know what it's called, Northeast or Northwest or whatever it's called. And you got Boston, Pitt, Philly, uh, Washington. You got, you got out of the seven teams, six are stacked. The one, the one division I saw, and it just seems so unfair. And then you look at the other one and then Phoenix, Arizona, LA, terrible, Anaheim, terrible. All these teams in the Pacific, and it's just like, oh my goodness! So I think they got to figure out the division alignment as well because it just kind of doesn't seem fair in the sense of uh, um, the competitive uh, competitive nature of the NHL and the competitive nature of sport. You look at the Canadian division; there's six amazing teams. You know, I wouldn't count Ottawa in that bunch. I think Ottawa is probably considered to be last place projected. But then the other six teams flip a coin. Each one of them could win the division or finish six and miss the playoffs. But then you look at the Pacific or one of these uh, divisions in the states, and it's just complete joke. So they got to figure that out as well. And I was like, like they look at like Winnipeg, they say Winnipeg be a good team to get in there in the top three, right? So yeah. Yeah, you hope so. Yes. You hope so. But then, what's Connor McDavid thinking in Edmonton? What's Austin Matthews thinking in, in Toronto? In, uh, Toronto? I think I think Montreal had the best off season out of any Canadian team. Their defense is probably the most deep, deepest in the league. Vancouver, I think, took a step back after having a great post run. So you know, I'm kind of worried about Vancouver a little bit. Ottawa and Vancouver, I'm not sure. Calgary signed what Markstrom. So Calgary is looking strong in that. I think Calgary's got something to say. And then what team am I missing here? Uh, uh, there's, um, there's Van Ottawa, Ottawa, Ottawa not looking good. Edmonton, Cal, 
Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, and Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, and then when, where's Winnipeg going to finish? I could see them finishing second, first, and I could finish them if Connor Halibut doesn't play like he did last year. They could easily miss the playoffs and finish outside the top four. Yeah, I think uh, Winnipeg hasn't really. Like they brought in uh, Tom, Nate Thompson there, and they brought in like uh, a couple of players, but say they haven't really done that much to bring in people. Or is this no? Waiting, it's or is it waiting to bring in people? Yeah, they're in a tough. They're in a. They're in a tough spot, you know, with the salary not going up, just like any other team. You know, all these teams were expecting the salary to go up three to four million a year. That's an extra player on your lineup, an extra four million you could pay, pay a top four defenseman that the Jets need. And teams just don't have that right now to spend. And, you know, you're thinking there, I, I don't mind. You know, you don't know the economy of the NHL at the moment, the salary cap, what's going to happen. So I don't mind the wait-and-see approach by the Jets because the league might have to put in a bio for these teams to save them from the salary cap or or be able to put on guys for, for LTIR. And I don't know Brian Little's contract right now or how he's doing or where that money is on the cap or if it's on our LTIR. But you got to... You got to think of these things that the league might do something and then maybe the Jets pounce. I think Mike Hoffman would look great in a Jets jersey. He's still a free agent. Yes. Uh, Mike, I think uh, Little's around $5 million a year, so I think he's going into his last year. So if they put him on a long-term IR, uh, that saves $5 million off the books and then bring in like someone like Mike Hoffman for 4 or 5 Exactly, right? Yeah. Ex- exactly. So so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, probably Hoffman's looking for a long-term deal. But, you know, in this COVID era of the NHL and the world, you know, you might have to bet on yourself like Tyson Berry did in Edmonton, sign a one-year $3 million deal, and hopefully you get on the other side of it. Everyone gets vaccinated. The NHL is rolling in the dough again, and you sign a five-year, seven-year deal. Yeah. For seven million dollars, and that's your ticket. Yeah, and uh, you kind of just got to bet on yourself. And it's too bad for these guys, but you know, it's. Uh, I'm not going to feel bad. He's going to make a good living this year. It's just probably not the term he wanted. Yeah, then, um, and you get into the playoffs, and now you're going into a uh, the draft, and now you have the expansion draft with Seattle coming in, and you have to draw jockey for that too, right? Yeah, Seattle, they are not going to get the special treatment that Vegas did. They are going to get no GMs going to play ball games with them, and it is going to be very difficult for them. The only thing I see them being able to do is offer teams cap space and take this player, give me a first rounder, a second rounder, and I'll take this bad contract off your hands. But if you do that too often or you get too excited and you get ahead of yourself, Vegas is in a lot of salary cap problems right now, and it happens quick. And all of a sudden, Vegas in the year for in the league for two years is in big trouble, and it's going to be interesting to see how they get out of it. I mean, that's the same thing. Uh, Vegas is uh, not included in this expansion draft, so they yeah. So they're not. Uh, so I'm not sure how it will work. Kind of do a three way trade 
with Vegas in Seattle and he's somehow move around. Yeah, mining. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I was I like, I forgot about that. Vegas isn't in. So yeah, there's a couple teams that are gonna wanna unload these contracts. You know, like I, I can see Vegas giving giving uh, Seattle anything to take Max Pacioretty, even though he scored 30 goals last year off their books at seven million dollars. And it's crazy. You go from having Thomas Tatar, having these first round draft picks, and then you sign Peter Angelo, and you're getting rid of Nate Schmidt. Max Pacioretty and all these guys and it's just are you a better team after and I guess you are because you have the best player you have the best defenseman and Peter Angelo but man it's they are they got I think they got a bit ahead of themselves and I like them I wish them nothing but the success it was a storybook or as a movie book movie story them getting to the finals in their first year but uh, they're in a lot of trouble right now yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, if they're, I was, like, I was looking at that. I was like, this will bite them in the butt down the road, right? So Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's, yeah, it's just with the salary cap not going up, they needed that extra three or four million dollars. So I just, I think the league's got to do some sort of, some sort of benefit for these teams to get them around. They don't want the team spending more money, but they got to give them a, some flexibility to get out of this. Because they are, uh, there's just no room. There's no. just no room. Nah, no. So, uh, what do you think about the juniors coming up? Oh, it's exciting. You know, it's going to be fun to watch some hockey. I'm glad it sounds like all the teams got in there and they're in quarantine now. And uh, it's going to be a great tournament. With the NH- with Team Canada having 22 first-rounders on their team, absolutely amazing. That's crazy. Just a crazy amount of numbers, first-rounders. Their team is going to be absolutely stacked, but at the end of the day for Canada, I think it's going to come down to goaltending. Yeah, if they I, get a save, they win. If they get a save, they win, in the, win the tournament. And um, it's too bad. I was kind of hoping Winnipeg boy Seth Jarvis would make the team. It's too bad he didn't uh, crack the lineup, but, you know, you got... I think Cole Perfetti made the team, right? The Jets' first rounder. Yeah, and this uh, Peyton Cribs made the team. Yeah, yeah, uh, Cribs made the team. So, so you have some Winnipeg contact, contact, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah it's, I was hoping Seth made it, but it's too bad. But he'll be back next year. Yeah, they have, and uh, I'm excited to. Yeah, go, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, Don. Uh, yeah, they have 20 f- first round picks this year. Insane, just insane. So the talent on that team, that's just, if you're not a first-rounder, you might as well not even show up to camp. It'll be interesting to see what Kirby Doc does. He looks like he held, had a hell of a camp, and he looks like an NHL player out there. It's too bad uh, Nick Robertson didn't show up for the States and Toronto kept him. It's too bad Lef- uh, Lafreniere yeah, I mean, from great. the New York Rangers didn't show up. And uh, so there's some still good talent that didn't show up, but uh, it's going to be a great tournament regardless. I'm definitely excited to watch, and uh, I'm expecting nothing but gold from Canada. Yeah, because I, I think the lot, the next highest is like 15 or something first-round picks like from like maybe in the last five years. I think there's like 15. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you, you added that much more, so... Yeah. Just really impressive, really impressive stuff from Team Canada, and hopefully they just dominate the tournament. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for coming on again, Adam. No problem, Don. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I uh, expect to talk to you after Team Canada wins the gold medal. And hopefully the Jets and the NHL figure this training camp out soon. And things get rocking here because I'm missing hockey. And it's uh, we need to see some Jets action in our lives and get back to the ring because I'm missing that stuff. Yeah, because uh, you're uh, still on a free, unfree agency too, right? I am. Yeah, I am. So. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. You know, all, all my guys, all my buddies are playing back overseas. And uh, some of their leagues are, are getting uh, shut down for a week or two at a time and stuff. So every league is struggling and stuff. And it's just kind of a wait and see moment. A lot of guys are retiring or doing different things. And just uh, everyone's in the same boat. And uh, COVID's not really uh, taking it easy on anyone. So uh hey um thanks for yeah thanks again for coming on and uh have a merry christmas and happy new year. Yeah you too. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks Don for having me and uh happy new year everyone. Merry christmas, happy holidays. Okay. And uh, talk to you in the next year. Thanks for listening to the Front Row podcast. Download the show on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact us on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Front Row and join in the conversation. Catch us next time on the Front Row Podcast.